Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's a way to not get noticed being obese. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. There's a strike from Kershaw to Polanco, who had an 80-game suspension for PED use last year. Right now, Polanco sitting at fifth best in the American League, part of a really good oh. Twins team with an average of 312, 13 home runs, and the count one and one. And Randy Moss, without even really being able to run as he shoots the moon to the fans here in Green Bay. That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. And it's unfortunate <laughs> that we had that on our air live. That is disgusting by Randy Moss. Yeah, I, I love it. We're six months into Mackie and Judd with Rami, and this is another teachable moment for Rami Makhlouf here, Judd Zolgad. Oh, I think I, I, I've experienced this. Okay. I think this is everywhere. Well, but have you? How much do you know about that soundbite that you just heard, which was from the 2004? Oh, I, I remember that clearly and distinctly. Okay. Yeah, because Minnesota sports fans, a lot of them, have very much not forgotten that. Have you ever heard Joe Buck talk about that moment? A couple times. He says he cringes when he hears it because of how much he overreacted. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's good to know. But it was 14 years ago, so right. most people would just sort of forget about it by now, except for us. Well, that's the best part. Like J- Judd. Took to scorenorth.com today. Mm-hmm. Headline Zolgad colon. That's how it starts. Do you really think Joe Buck is rooting against your team? Was it <laughs> was it really necessary for Joe Buck to point out the PED suspension of Jorge Polanco, MVP candidate Jorge Polanco in that game? Um, so what prompted you to lash out Judd Zolgad at Minnesota sports fans on scorenorth.com today? <laughs> well, it seemed like a very appropriate place to lash out Just at uh, Minnesota out. sports fans. If you need a good lashing, download that Score North mobile app. Yeah. It's also your one-stop shop for all written content. So this has driven me crazy for a long, long time. And, and all right, the Moss thing, I get that there were people immediately upset at that time, including the Vikings, by the way, in 2004 or five. So it was January of 2005 when that game was played. They were upset in Green with Bay. Buck. They were upset with Buck. In fact, in fact, Red McCombs tried to get Joe Buck taken off the game the following week, the playoff game, because the Vikings upset the Packers and went to play in Philadelphia. And Red McCombs actively worked that week to try and get Joe Buck taken off that game. And of course, Fox is like, bleep you, forget that. Um, 
But it's now 14 years. And and what drives me crazy, and I know that this is not only true in this market, it's true in, in different markets throughout the country, but it's just so stupid, is that fans believe that Joe Buck doesn't like the Vikings or Twins. How could he say that about Polanco? Why did he say that first about Polanco? Why didn't he talk? And what he said about Polanco was A, true, and B, absolutely fine. So it's why haven't we moved on from the Moss thing is question one. But really, the bigger question is, do fans think that local announcers, play-by-play guys, are reflective of how national guys should be? Joe Buck doesn't give a damn about the Twins, the Vikings, the Packers, the Bears. I can go down an entire list. And it's just weird to me how fans hear slights against their team from national guys and think, he doesn't like my team. It's the most untrue thing of all time. They don't care. They're doing a national game. They're walking a constant tightrope. And and I'll go back to the 91 World Series. Jack Buck, right? There were Twins fans convinced throughout that entire World Series that because Jack was a Cardinals announcer slash a nationally guy, he was rooting against the Twins. Do people really believe this crap? Well, I can I say I actually have come around to enjoy Joe Buck's play-by-play. Mm-hmm. I used to think, for, for non-Randy Moss reasons, I used to think that Joe Buck, every, and I still feel like this a little bit, but he's shown some of his personality, and I think he's come around a little bit in some of these ways. It always felt to me, the reason I didn't love his play-by-play, it always felt to me like he had been there and done that and seen it all. Like like when moments would rise to the level of it's okay to get excited, mm-hmm. he would sort of suppress his enthusiasm. And it came off to me like, ah, I know it's Game 7 of the World Series, but I come from a family of broadcasters. I've seen baseball games like this my whole life, and I always got that vibe from him. But I think he's opened up his personality a little bit, and I'm like, I am so far beyond what happened 14 years ago. And was I a little bit annoyed in the moment as like a kid in college watching the Vikings beat the Packers? And yeah, he buzz killed it a little bit, but it's been a decade and a half. I personally am over it. I I think this is something that plagues all national announcers because Judd touched on it. We're so used to the hometown announcer. And and giving you a hometown call and like rooting for your team while he's making the call. So in contrast, it can sound like a national announcer who's being neutral is rooting against your team just because you're so you've been so inundated with the propaganda of positive rooting announcer. But I think it especially plagues Joe Buck a little bit because I'm not I'm not a big fan of Joe Buck on baseball. It's too much Joe Buck. There's too much time for Joe Buck. And that's not to say that I hate him or even dislike him. I just don't like him that much. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's really good at what he does, but baseball leaves too much space for too much Joe Buck. He, so you like him on football? I like him on football. I like him a lot on football. I think he redeemed himself. If he needed to redeem himself at all, he put a stamp on one of the most prominent, if not the most prominent play in Vikings history a year and a half ago. Steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs. Sideline. Touchdown. Unbelievable. Vikings win it. When I think of that play. That's a great call. 1A is the visual of the play. 1B in my mind is Joe Buck's wonderful call of the play. Watching on TV. It wasn't too much. It 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 was enough excitement, but he didn't drown out the play with his own voice, right? It was just boom, boom, boom. And I just like, much like his dad, this is the funny thing, much like his dad's voice is etched in the minds of Twins fans who watched Game 6 of the 1991 World Series, maybe the most prominent play in Twins history, 
Joe Buck's voice is etched in the most prominent play of Vikings history, and uh, I think he deserves credit for that. He does. I, I let go of the whole he hates my team thing a long time ago. Because growing up a Cubs fan and his Cardinal connections, I did believe that for a long time. And then I came I was like, you're being stupid. But he is a pompous ass. Like, that That I still hung on to for a long time. Do you think he still is now? He won me over in two ways. There were there was two things specifically that he did that I went, oh, okay, I might have been I might have been a little harsh on Joe Buck. He's probably a better dude than I thought he was. He he did an interview like an extensive interview with Howard Stern and Howard Stern has a way of humanizing people even those that you don't like. He'll bring out the sides of them that you do like and he has the space to do that cuz he does like hour long interviews and Joe Buck was funny, he was reflective, he was self-deprecating. Like that's where I heard him say that he cringes every time he hears the the Randy Moss call because he he feels like he overreacted. It's something he thought and said in the moment. I think we've all been there, something we thought and said in the moment, and later we're like, dude, you should have probably just let that one go. And then on Brockmeyer, he plays yeah. Joe Buck, but plays a like a super heightened version of Joe Buck that yeah. that plays to all the things you don't like about Joe Buck. Yeah, he plays the Joe Buck that Minnesota sports fans think exactly. that he is the last 15 but years. But good for him for doing <laughs> But to play that character and poke fun at yourself in that way tells me that this is a pretty self-aware dude and probably not the pompous ass that I thought he was all these years. The Polanco thing drove me nuts last night because that is the very essence of, if you're a fan watching that game in Chicago... And you don't know a, a thing about him. He's batting ninth. He's the Twins shortstop. You, you might have not watched a Twins game right. in five years, right? He's just telling you what Polanco's been through. And so for people to be like immediately, well, it should be positive about him. No, no, it shouldn't be. He's doing his best to articulate what fans don't know. And, and it's just what really galls me about the entire thing, though, is it comes back to anybody who really thinks that the local broadcasters who root for the home team are reflective and they don't all do this but th- but those who do those of us who watch them are like yeah that's that's what they should be doing no that's actually not great broadcasting that's actually not and and I am not trying to say across the board that this happens with every team in this town and every announcer it does not but that's an example when it does happen of really not a great broadcast yeah so okay if we're if we're having a moment of of fan self-awareness here what are the most annoying things we do as Minnesota sports fans? Or in, in, you know, if Rami can offer perspective from a couple other fan bases, having been in Chicago and Milwaukee, I'll give you guys one absolutely for sure. Because I think, I hope we can put the Joe Buck thing behind us here in Minnesota at some point in our lifetimes. <laughs> Good luck. But the one thing that stands out, and it's been happening for about the same amount of time as the Joe Buck thing, about, about a decade and a half, yeah. most annoying thing we do as Minnesota sports fans Booing AJ Pierzynski, and he's retired, which is the only reason why how he's about, not getting booed now. How about Jeter too? Jeter, I can see more because he played for the Yankees and he's a rival player. But we don't really boo. That that's what was weird about the whole thing. AJ Pierzynski played here yeah. for parts of six years. What did he do? He hit three hundred. No, I mean, what did he do to get booed? Welcome to the question. Well, he's, <laughs> he spiked Morneau at one point, but he was getting booed here before that, right? I think he was. So A.J. Pierzynski was a 300 hitter in six years with the Twins, and you could argue in the post-1991 era has the biggest home run in Twins history post-1991 in Game 5 of the of the 2002 ALDS. Like he hit a, he hit a, was a two-run homer late in the game to put the Twins up yeah. over the A's, right? And... Gets traded, not because he demanded a trade, gets traded because Joe Maurer was coming up the next season to be the starting catcher 
for Joe Nathan and Francisco Liriano. And Boof Bonser was a throw-in in that deal, too. So Don't you get Boof. the greatest closer in Twins history, one of the best until his arm blew out, pitchers in Twins history, Joe Maurer, open path to be the starting catcher. And he hit 300 for you. We booed him. We booed him. Every time he came to the plate, did he bat up in Minnesota him. on his way out of town? I mean, he was, he's a surly guy. Yeah, he he's a cantankerous sort, and so I, I think we we then took that and said, okay, now we've got license to boo. But last night, you guys was the the perfect Minnesota sports night because we got to express our disdain for Joe Buck, and then we got to be up in arms because one of us was allowed to leave town. The Tyus Jones thing. That's the type of thing. And I'm not picking on the kid. Tyus Jones, I hope he does really well. Great story. Great player. Blah, blah, blah. But was that not the other? It's one of us. How can you let him go? So on your Gerson list of things, Rosas is, be... Gerson Rosas is doing this. Or he's David Kahn. So on your really? list of annoying things, it would be getting too attached to one of us. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, especially but when I think it's a, a nice player, but we get so this is everywhere. attached. But we get so attached to our people. Dude, I saw Bucks fans last week pissed off that they traded for and then cut John Lure. Because he's a badger. Like John Lure? He's from really? Here. John Lure? He's from Minnesota. You were upset? Yeah. Let's you're pick him up. He's actually one of us. Robbie. Can Gerson okay. pick him up? <laughs> Sorry. Hey, if Gerson <laughs> can bad. get John Lure, let's get that done, okay? Uh, we actually have full phone lines with Joe Buck calls right now. Oh, Lord. Dead serious. Seriously? 651-646-8255. <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami, Score North and the Score North mobile app. We'll talk to Jason Stark here in a little bit. Let's uh, let's start with Tom in Columbia Heights. What's up, Tom? You know what, guys? I was going to rip on Joe Buck, but i got to go back to your A.J. Przinsky point. Um, <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> okay, uh, there was an ESPN the Magazine article with uh, Torrey Hunter, Jock Jones, Doug Mankiewicz, and A.J. Przinsky. The first Thing out of AJ's mouth in that article was about Joe Maurer's contract. The guy also was released from the Giants one year later, and ten years after that, he was released from the Red Sox because he's such a pain in the ass. He is, and he he honestly, I I, I can't stand him, and I don't understand why. Everybody in the media seems to defend him after the fact. He's, he wasn't that great of a player. Let me ask you this, though. Tom, do you boo Randy Moss? Absolutely not. Okay. But Randy, like, I, I could draw two parallels here. Randy Moss and A.J. Pierzynski were both great on the field for Minnesota teams and both pains in the asses behind the scenes and publicly. Randy Moss was... Thousand times better player than AJ Przinsky. Oh, so it's a sliding scale. Well, <laughs> the better a player you are, the bigger an ass you can be. <laughs> let's separate your Hall of Fame players from your uh, slightly above average catchers. All right, let, let let's let's go to that scale right here. And the thing is, is with AJ, I don't understand why everybody, every single media person, seems to defend him after the fact. I I. I don't like him. I never have liked him. I didn't like him when he was here, and I definitely didn't like him when he left. All right, Tom, thank you for uh, for the phone call. Appreciate you. He called insight. to talk about Joe Buck and then pivoted to Przinsky. He found someone he hated more. <laughs> All right, let's go to a Mark and Egan. What's going on, Mark? You're on with Mackie and Judd and Rami. I couldn't disagree more with the previous caller, by the way. <laughs> so, A.J. Przinsky, bats close to 300 for you. He doesn't ask to be traded. He gets traded, which, you know, I accept. And we boo him, but 
correct me if I'm wrong, in the same time period, within a year or so, Torrey Hunter leaves because of free agency. The Twins offered him huge money to stay, the most they had offered anybody ever. And he leaves, and he comes back as a Anaheim Angel. We, yay, yay, Torrey Hunter, we love you, we love you. He chose to leave, and we cheered for him. We boo AJ. He didn't choose to leave, and we boo him. This doesn't make any sense to me. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Mark and Egan. It's a good phone call. He's By the right way, about Tory too. We, we offered Tory forty-five million over three years. That was yeah. the offer. And the and instead of being mad that Tory Hunter left fifteen million dollars a no. year and left, we're mad at the ownership. Because I went to, to that game go, yeah. when Tory came back. We could. We were ecstatic. He was back for a night. Uh, let's go Zach on line one. What's up, Zach? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good, man. Well, what's up? Good, good. Well, I'm a big Broncos fan, and I got to say that Phil Sims definitely has something against the Broncos just after uh, how his son Chris was treated there. And uh, there was actually petitions going around uh, having asking um, requesting him not to do any more Broncos games. That was my uh, There might be petitions going around that ask Phil Sims to not do any other games, period. No, he's not now. He's in yeah. the studio, so you've taken care of that problem. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. Zach, thank you for the phone call. We got to get to Jason Stark. I do here. think that I mean you can't say that no announcer has biased, right? Like there, th- some of these guys have history with these teams. Like he was saying about Phil Sims and the Broncos, he feels like his son was mistreated by the Broncos. If you had a son and you felt like a team mistreated them, you wouldn't be upset yeah. with that team. You wouldn't have a little bias. There wouldn't be a little tinge of of shade or hate when well, you called them. And games. Phil Sims. Was unfortunately just bad too. Well, so. yeah, I mean, yeah, like he just wasn't good at what he did. If you want to flip it around the other way, do it. Do a search of just like during during yeah. a Ohio State Michigan game some year. Mm-hmm. If Kirk Herbstreet's doing the game, just do a do a search on Twitter of Kirk Herbstreet and just see what Wolverines fans are saying about on the other side that he's like too much of a homer because he played at Ohio State. Let's take one more here, real quick here, uh, Mike in Lakeville. You're on the show. Uh, bias announcers during the 87 World Series, my friend in St. Louis and I talked during the game, and I said, oh, my God, these announcers are biased. He said, yeah, they love Minnesota. And I said, no, they love St. Louis. We're listening to the same broadcast. We had opposite views. And that's yeah, it, that's right? accurate. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And you could probably say the same thing like Rami's been saying the whole segment about any fan base. If you took the temperature of any fan base. I was caught in the middle of the Cubs-Brewers rivalry. Being a Cubs fan working in Milwaukee, and both sides were convinced Joe Buck hated their team when they played each other. They would both hear the same broadcast yeah. and both but be how convinced. silly is that? It's ridiculous. Yeah. He does not care. He just doesn't give a damn. Why does it matter if AJ Przuzinski excuse me. Why does it matter? Right wow, a little bit of a, okay? a little bit of a hiccup or something. Time to there? go back to the old folks home? I don't know what that was. I'll give you a ride during the break, maybe. Man. <laughs> Did I just swallow my head? <laughs> was that some sausage from last night, maybe? Weird. A little piece of pizza? A little I slice did, of late I did night have pizza? A little crybaby Craig's hot sauce on the dinner last night. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You're so, the only guy I know who's got a bad stomach and insists on still eating hot food. That, uh, let me tell Good. you, uh, I had a little kimchi pizza on Ooh. Friday night last week. Oh, what's that? What was the set? Uh, you guys ever been to Devil's Advocate downtown Minneapolis? Of course. Not. Oh, yeah, it's good. So they've got like amazing pizzas. It moved. Uh, yep. Uh, uh, there's a kimchi pizza there that took a 4 nothing lead on me the next morning. I'm just going to throw that out kimchi there. Kimchi and I love pizza. But you know what's going to happen? Huh? Grand and, you still, and you still allow it to happen. That's the amazing thing. Gleefully. Yep. Yeah. You embrace heartburn. <laughs> the pain. 
Yep. Jason Stark is going to join us when we come back. He was at the All-Star game and he made he he texted me earlier and said, "I have a new best friend. A, a Twins player is his new best friend now." Really? Yep. Huh. Let's just think on that for a second while we uh talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard where we've got all kinds of Tacomas and Highlanders and Forerunners. If you're looking for spaciousness and power and durability, you got to check out the Highlanders, the Forerunners, and the Tacomas. Right now, a 2019 Tacoma, 2.9% APR financing for 60 months, or lease one of the uh, double-cab Tacomas for just $269 a month with $29.95 down. That's an absurdly great price for one of the best trucks on the market. How about a Highlander for 0.9% APR financing for 60 months or the aforementioned, uh, the aforementioned Forerunner if you're looking for a little bit more uh, off-road action. Get $500 customer cash on one of those things. I've had great experiences my entire driving life at Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. There's a strike from Kershaw to Polanco, who had an 80-game suspension for PED use last year. Right now, Polanco sitting at fifth best in the American League, part of a really good oh. Twins team with an average of 312, 13 home runs, and the count one and one. That was fun. Man, just jammed phone lines on Joe Buck and A.J. Pruszynski there. <laughs> In case you're wondering if uh, 15 year topics <laughs> no, go away, matter. they do not. Nope. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And Jason Stark is a weekly guest on this show every Tuesday at this time from theathletic.com slash MLB and MLB Network. And I was just telling these guys, I didn't tell them who it was. I want you to pay it off, Jason. But you said you made a new best friend, a specific Twins player that you uh, connected with at the All Star game. Jake Odorizzi, man, I was tremendous. Um, I, you know, I talked to him quite a bit before the game yesterday because the clubhouses were open, and he was he was in the middle of uh, trying on his game shoes, which I'm not sure if you guys saw, but those were sweet, Jason. They were awesome, awesome, awesome. And then I said, "Hey, can I take a picture of your shoes?" And not only did he make sure to lace them up, he then said, "I I don't think I don't think you." Of course, I was trying to take pictures of his, his shoes while he was wearing them, like at his locker, just standing around. He said, "No, this isn't it." So then he he found a place to put his feet up on like a some elevated spot, nice. so I could get a better angle of it. Now that's quality work right there. Wow. Yeah, you got to get the and shoe. Talked to him again after the game too. He just I, I find him to be wow and funny and really good at his job. Your yeah. best friends now. You guys, best friends. You guys grab beers, get dinner, get them <laughs> traded to uh, the Phillies or something like that. He can hang with you on the East Coast. Yeah, <laughs> do you think he's turned a legitimate career corner, or do you think he just had a hot first half? I remember saying to you guys early in the year that there was a lot more there. And he he's always, to me, had the stuff and the repertoire and it was just various issues that come along in the course of a lot of pitchers' careers that stop them from finding the right sequencing, the right delivery, the right mix. Um, 
the right arm slot. You know, he he's there. I mean, he's he he's got multiple out pitches and multiple swing and miss pitches. And why would that not be real if that's that's what we're describing? Right. Uh, so for all, all we talk about Jason Stark for what's wrong with baseball, how can baseball be fixed? Pace of play, blah blah blah. Uh, I'm going to give you a statement. I'm going to give you a statement and, and see if you agree or not. 248 last night, all-star game, some power, plenty of balls in play. That was the template for when, when we talk about what's the near-perfect, just normal baseball game, I thought last night was fantastic. If you give me last night, as far as time of game, as far as pace of play, all those things, I'm all in. Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, most people that, that I talk to kind of complain that not a whole lot happened. Uh, you know, you're, you're right. The game moved along pretty well, and it wasn't home run derby like last year. Um, you know, the one thing that I think it, it, it pointed out is, it, it, like, you run nine pitchers out there that throw 95 to 101. And even the best hitters in the game can't do much to combat that. And I, I think this is one of the biggest issues, that even if you fix the ball, right, um, what is going to have to happen for baseball and for offensive kind to counteract the velocity in this sport? It's a huge challenge. But... Isn't that why Rob Manford has juiced the baseballs? Which he denies he did, but he he juiced the baseballs. Look, I the, the th- <laughs> Jason, the three of us sitting here and and you, even if we didn't do what we're doing for a living, we're baseball diehards. We're not going anywhere. Baseball doesn't need to attract us. But so I was entertained by that game last night. Judd was entertained. You were entertained. Phil was entertained. But I knew sitting at home that casual fan, like you just said, Jason, would complain that there wasn't a lot going on because you know what was going on? Forty three balls in play and only two that went over the fence that's not what the casual fan wants it's not and that's that's why rob manford is trying to do everything he can to increase offense i take a lot of issues with rob manford but he's got a point okay well let me let me say this i do not think that rob manford woke up one day this winter or the all-star break of 2015 or any time in between and said we got just the balls we have no hope if we don't juice the balls. I really don't think that's what happened. Um, uh, you know, I spent so much time writing and reporting and talking about this. I, I honestly think they're perplexed by exactly what's going on that got them to this place. I really don't think that it's that it was some sort of secret strategy to hey, let's just break every home run record known to mankind. Yeah. You know, just do that. <laughs> You got a combination of circumstances, but it it's the ball, and they've got to figure out what happened and how they can prevent it from happening if they want to prevent it, and what would have to go on in the manufacturing process that would enable them to actually predict how the ball will perform. The game is pretty. The game is built around the home run right now. Um, there's no doubt about it. But pop ups are home runs right now, and I think that's the problem. I mean, when Pete Alonso has thirty, and I'm, I'm not doubting Pete Alonso's power, but it's That's like not the problem. No, I mean it's just it's just kind of funny Tony when Galvis has fifteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
that might be a problem. Uh, Nelson, do you, do you happen to follow any of you guys, Nelson Cruz, on Twitter? He's actually a pretty prolific tweeter. He's got over 100,000 sure followers. Or not. Uh, it's just N- NCBoomstick23 is his, is his handle. And he answered a question uh, yesterday, which issue would you like to see get addressed this offseason? And he retweeted and said, well, the first one's obvious for him. He said, universal DH. He, I'm sure he'd love to have 30 <laughs> options every year. Him, Jim yeah. Tomey, you know, took advantage of the DH for 10-plus years. He said, signing of Dominican Republic prospects at age 17 and a half. Uh, he, also go, he also goes into, he would like to see uh, an online diploma for Dominican Republic prospects. But he also said length of season. He would address length of season. How many players do you talk to? Say, you know what? I'd be fine. I don't care about the record books or any of that stuff. I'd be fine if we cut the season from 162 down to blank. Oh, if you ask players, um, would you be in favor of cutting 8, 10, 20 games off the season? You might get like 90%. Hmm. Yeah, this, is a, this is not about that. This is a money issue. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't understand why... Baseball looks at the $600 million they pay every year to players who aren't playing. And and people don't understand that it's because the schedule is so grueling that players either have to play past the point of fatigue or are, are you know incapable of playing because they're just worn down by the schedule. And players know it. They get it. They don't want to give back money to do it. That's the issue. So in Jason Stark's perfect world, how long How long would the season go? If playoffs are left intact as is now, how long? Well, I, I think that players should have one day off every week. That's the way it was once upon a time. <laughs> and you could probably go to 154 even and do that or 152 i and you know ideally i think you should go below that you know you see here adam silver saying you know we need to have fewer games and we can figure out what to what to do in the meantime i think that's baseball i think it's most sports without amphetamine rampant amphetamines and peds to help guys get through the season uh, this is an important health issue, among other things. Jason, and we're talking with Jason Stark of The Athletic and MLB Network. Yesterday, I don't even remember how, but somehow we came up, we came upon the conversation of fixing baseball or, or, or making the changes to baseball to attract the, the younger audience. And one of the things we were talking about was length of game. And being totally ridiculous and sarcastic, I said, you know what, guys? Why don't we just make the game seven innings? And it'll always go to two and a half hours, never more than that. And I said, while we're at it, maybe even just put a running clock on it. Put like a two, two and a half hour running clock on the game. And Phil and Judd thought I was serious and kind of liked my idea. I know baseball would never consider that, but do you think that, does that make any sense whatsoever? Because these two knuckleheads think it does. You know that Jim Cott proposed this last year, right? And got a lot of people talking about it. Yeah. Uh, Like, I... I don't have a problem with thinking outside all these boxes and going down that road. The problem is there's no path to get there. You can't. Like you, it's just so hard to make something like that happen. How, how would it happen? They can't agree on anything right now. They can't agree <laughs> on which Starbucks to go meet at for coffee. Yeah. Uh, Jason Stark, what was your favorite moment of the All-Star game last night? 
my favorite moment of the game. Or even just well, like of the of the week so far, if you want to go outside the well, game. The home, the, I mean, the home run derby was awesome. I saw a man hit 91 home runs. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever see that. <laughs> like, Vladdy's father competed in two home run derbies and won one of them. And his son hit more home runs in every round than his father hit in all his home run derbies combined. <laughs> that was amazing. And, I, you know, I thought a lot about it. And, you know, I think this goes to your point at the top of the show. People love home runs. I yep. just like home runs. You don't want to get rid of home runs. You don't. Um, yeah, I want to reduce that's, that's like, oh, that's, <laughs> but, but here's the deal. The, the home run derby showcases the incredible talents of the best hitters on earth and the game itself does the opposite how how many guys have you seen just in in the course of uh, covering this game for a long time do what uh, Vladdy Jr did in that der- derby Jason Stark and that was actually hit baseballs so hard that I thought to myself get those kids off the field cuz those line <laughs> drives are going to kill these children well you hate kids so you really I don't them. hate the kids <laughs> but my god he hit some of those he he was literally launching himself forget his bat he was launching himself I thought at one point he was going to fly into the left field bleachers he was jumping so hard at the ball yeah uh he, he uh, he's got don't you think he's Definitely been encased in ice for two days. Oh, I hope <laughs> so. Because he's going to be one tired guy in, Did, in the week, next week. I didn't see anywhere. Jason, do you know how many swings he took that night? We were trying to figure it out. I was like, I was talking to the guy he threw to him, John Schneider, and he he you know they thought that I would have been able to keep track. But the problem is when when the ball hasn't even come down yet. These guys are swinging. Right. It's really hard for even me to track every pitch. I, I, I estimated for him that I thought he'd thrown over 400 pitches. <laughs> and he estimated that Vladdy had taken somewhere in the neighborhood of like 250 to 275 swings in three hours. But <laughs> I don't amazing. know the accuracy of that. Wow. would be hard. That is amazing. Are you ready? Did you bring some trivia to the table today? I did bring some trivia. All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's get embarrassed. Let's hit, let's hit him with Here a little go. trivia music. Well, where's the music? Yeah. Jason does oh, He's not music. asking the question until Jason will not music start plays. until we get music. I don't blame him. He shouldn't. I, there we I go. I got the Wink Martindale thing going. Exactly. All right. Here we go. You know, we had a Yankee pitcher win the All-Star game last night for the first time in seven decades, and it got me thinking, how many twins have won an All-Star game? Ooh. One twins pitcher has been the winning pitcher in an All-Star game. I'm sure you guys will never forget it. One? Just no. one? <laughs> one? Holy cow. One twin. Wow. Okay. All right. So, yeah, even so for my for my entire childhood, the American League did not win the darn game. Okay. So I can tell you that. It was remarkable. From what, Jason, 1971 or so to uh, 84, <laughs> they didn't win an All-Star game. The American League, that is. Things have changed. Yeah, <laughs> now it's just the now. American League wins, yeah. Um... Do you remember if this was... So Jason did say under his breath there, this is impossible. So it's definitely not but, like Frank Viola, <laughs> right? So, I wouldn't say it's impossible because you've never heard of the pitcher. It's impossible because nobody remembers the winning pitcher in any All-Star game. I was going to say. Um, I'm trying to think of... I'm trying to, you, you definitely know who, like, you know this pitcher. Okay. I mean, I don't mean to minimize his career. Or his, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm trying to think of... Uh, 
just like twins all-star pitches. Joe Nathan was an all-star. Eddie Gordado was an all-star. Um, there was a year where Joe Mays was an all-star. Yeah, there was. Amazingly, I'm just—it's got to be a reliever, right? Because it's—it's. It, all right, I'm gonna give—I'm gonna give you a hint. It okay. was not a reliever. Radke. You want an error? Would that help you too? That would—that would help. Yeah, let's narrow it down. I just because it's so hard. Eighties. Okay. All right. So it might have been. All right. So so starter in the eighties. Judd, this is you, man. Do you think you were right? Do you think it could have been Frankie? You have to name another '80s pitcher that the Twins sent to the All Star Game. That's the next trivia question. So the, the American League didn't win in the '80s till '83 or so. Again, when they were in Comiskey Park and the American League won, TK managed the '88 team off the '87 World Series. I believe that was in Cincinnati. This is all Judd so here. That that could have been. Let's say Frankie. Let's say Phil. Phil was right, Jason. Let's yeah, you got it. Yeah, we got it. Actually, you got it too, right? Uh, Nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, Frank Fayola started a game. There it is. One of, uh, one of three Twins pitchers who've ever started the All Star game, and uh, pitched two innings. Uh, Vince Coleman, Ryan Sandberg, Andre Dawson Ooh. in the first. Daryl Strawberry, Bobby Bonilla, <laughs> Will the Thrill Clark in the second, and his team scored. He. One nice Riverfront Stadium. I want you to know that Dwight couldn't start it for the National League and went three. Oh my wow. God! Goodness Impressive. gracious! Let it be known that I nailed that question uh, before by saying verbatim, "It's probably not Frank Viola." <laughs> <laughs> so back, a yep. backdoor victory there. Two twenty-six, Jason Stark. That's how long that game took. I just called the box score up. Two twenty-six. No players were mic'd in that game. <laughs> no, that's true. That's exactly right. But the ball wasn't juiced either. That's also true. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much. We'll talk again next week. Great stuff. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Jason Stark from the Athletic and MLB Network. Puckett that's got right. into that game. Mulder actually started that game playing second base for the American League for the uh, Brewers at the time. Look at that. Wow. Interesting. That was good. That was great. It wasn't Frank Eric Biola. Milton was an all-star for the Twins at one point. Had like one good year off in the late the, 90s uh, or something. Off the uh, 99 Nono? Mm, yeah, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. He's okay at that time. Yeah, he's good. Uh, gentlemen, we have uh, in other news coming up in about 35 minutes or so. Um, when we come back, players mic'd up. Yay or nay when we come back. I think there was some mixed reaction to some of that. We'll talk about when we come back here. Um TCL is the studio that we sit in, the TCL Studios. 55-inch TCL Roku TVs all over the place here at Score North in the hallways and everywhere. In fact, if you aren't currently following us on social media, at Score North on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube as well, and Twitch, Rami actually hosts a weekly show called What Are We Watching? Powered by TCL. This is true, where we talk about what we are watching. Yeah. Yes. So did you ever figure out, I mean... Yesterday, there's a lot of controversy. You're not allowed to watch season it's three not that of I'm Stranger not allowed. Things. She asked me not to. We don't tell each other what to do. You're we're not allowed. We're a very progressive couple. So she asked me not to watch Stranger Things until she gets here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. Yeah, I'm gonna wait. Wait, ignore me. I can't. I leave a trail if I. <laughs> <laughs> That's a you problem, Rami. If I lie and go behind her back, I'll leave a trail. Wait, you can find Stranger Things season three through uh, Netflix on a TCL. Why does it say continue TV? watching Stranger Things, Rami? It's weird, <laughs> Todd. Why? Why did it pick up halfway through episode seven? <laughs> I thought there's only eight episodes. 
TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. 5,000 plus streaming channels. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North. 444 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here with the download. Apparently, this clip from Joe Buck got Minnesota sports fans. Here's a strike. Kershaw to Polanco, who had an 80 game suspension for PED use last year. Right now, Polanco sitting at fifth best in the American League, part of a really good oh. Twins team with an average of 312, 13 home runs, and the count one and one. Apparently, that got y'all upset. Him mentioning an 80 game suspension that, yes, did happen. It's not a made up thing by Joe Buck, it's a fact. So, our own Judd Zolged posted a, a Twitter poll based off that question, trying to get an idea of how the majority of Minnesota sports fans feel about Joe Buck. Do you think he's A, a great broadcaster, B, okay, C, terrible, D, rooting against Minnesota teams? Well, so far, 41% of you think he's he's okay. Although still 12% of you do think he's rooting against Minnesota sports teams, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Stop thinking funny. that. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. So... I loved, 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 loved Freddie Freeman mic'd up while facing Justin Verlander last night. That was amazing. Now, they mic'd up a bunch of guys, and Pete Alonzo was kind of a buzzkill. He didn't really, I don't know, he gave one interesting quote, but he's also just like, you know, not super experienced. Freddie Freeman walks up to the plate, and then he starts asking, as he's walking up to the plate, starts asking the guys in the booth, hey, can you uh, tip me off to the signs or something? Can you show me, can you tell me what Verlander's going to throw? <laughs> And then he and then he chirps out to Verlander before the at bat and says something like, "I'm mic'd up. I'm mic'd up. They're gonna tell me what you're throwing. <laughs> They're gonna tell me what you're throwing." I thought the whole thing was brilliant. I don't know if you could ever pull that off in an actual game, obviously, no. because guys are gonna have to be concentrating instead right. of like having a bug in their ear. But what would you pay if if I could get you a 162 game or thereabouts package of your favorite team with everybody mic'd up and they don't have to? They don't. They can just talk like it's just ordinary talking. There's no bleeping. They can or swear. It, it's essentially it's essentially HBO, yeah. and they don't have to talk to the broadcasters. In fact, there might not be broadcasters. I think it'd be fantastic, well, and I would pay two hundred bucks starting point. For you it. know what? I wasn't uh, I wasn't planning on bringing this up in this segment, but it actually ties in perfectly. So I was back and forth last night between. The Major League Baseball All-Star Game and one of my favorite pastimes, poker, the World Series of Poker, $10,000 main event where the winner gets $10 million. It's like a two-week tournament. And ESPN, instead of doing what they did 15 years ago when Chris Moneymaker won it, where they would they'd record... Is that really his name? It's his legal name, 100%. That born. He was born with that, yes. to that name. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah, it's it's super weird, but that is but that's part like that being his name is part of the reason why poker blew up. Right. I'm gonna tie this back around to baseball in a second here, but so I'm flipping back and forth and and what they used to do is they'd record the whole tournament in July and then they'd package up like four or seven episodes of like an hour long highlight thing and they'd show that in October. So they'd just show you the highlights. Well now they pick out a featured table out of the five hundred tables that there are and they're dwindling down as they go along this two week tournament. And they're just showing the live action on a 30-minute delay as it's happening. And you'd think, like, all right, first of all, a lot of people would think poker, even at its peak with highlights, is probably boring to watch, right? Yes. But, and, and that's what you would say. Yes. Poker, like, in its live action form, where it's just a lot of people folding and shuffling chips, has to be the worst TV ever, right? 
wrong because they mic up the players and you hear their table talk. So it's less about whether you know what's happening in a hand and more about like last night, these guys at this table started talking about British abortion laws and stuff like just like random stuff and arguing with each other. There was one instance where one of the prominent players at the table, Antonio Esfandiari, asks the rest of the table, he says, again, real name. Antonio Esfandiari. It's just too fancy fancy to be real. That should be a soccer name. The Magician is his nickname. (laughs) Is it really? He can make all your chips disappear. (laughs) I am Antonio Esfandiari. And I am all in. Yes. So he asks the table. He picks out two dudes at the table. He says, all right, how much, much, Rami, how much would you need to, to stay within 100 feet of Judd for a full calendar year? All the time, 24-7, you have to be within a, a hundred feet it's of me Judd. And Judd. I saw you post this question on Twitter yeah. last night, and I said it depends on the person. I think Judd and I get along pretty well. We would get on each other's That'd nerves, entire year, no yeah. doubt, over the course of a year. hundred <laughs> much? hundred grand? That's it? hundred grand? I need a million. I'd do it for a hundred grand. Okay. You need a million, million but you dollars. need a hundred grand? Yeah, he's got a lot more money than me. hundred grand. <laughs> That's a lot of people. But my grand point here is yeah. the actual thing that you tuned in for was poker, yes. which can be boring. I love what you're saying. Or though. baseball, which can be boring. Love the idea. But the thing that made it fun is, oh, I, I get to hear these conversations. I'm like eavesdropping in on these fun conversations. Yeah. That's I, why last night's game was more fun. I'm all for it being mic'd up as far as catching game action and players talking to each other. I don't want in a regular season game, like what you were talking about with Freddie Freeman or guys out in the field mic'd up and talking to the guys up in the booth and not focusing on the game itself. I mean, there was a moment. Who was it? They were talking to somebody out in left field, and a ball was hit to Yelich. Yelich. Yelich went after and the ball. It, he didn't have a chance at it anyways. It went, it yeah. hit high up off the wall. But he did, it took him a second, probably a beat longer to get his jump. You heard him. He goes, oh, and he, and then he turned around and started chasing the ball. Yeah. So he was definitely distracted. And it, like I said, it cost him a beat on the jump that he got on the ball. It didn't mean anything in the end. It went too high off the wall for him to catch it. But still, that's, it, it could mean something in the right situation. The idea, I think, jumped the shark last night with three Astros mic'd up and not knowing who was supposed to talk when. And Joe Buck, I mean, that's unfair because he's trying to like, okay, yeah, Bregman, I'm going to talk to you. And so, but I'm telling you, I, I am becoming, especially as technology improves and these wireless mics are becoming just like small, small lapel pins and mm-hmm. stuff. I am really intrigued as a sports fan with having players mic'd up constantly paying a premium price so that the FCC can't get involved so when they swear it's no big deal and and just getting the flat out insight i think it would be so much fun yeah because there's so much we don't know well the did you, the francisco lindor thing was there was a little nugget at the end of the inning where lindor was mic'd up at shortstop and i'm trying to remember who was at the play i think it was um it might, actually it was Pete Alonso was cuz he's a right-handed hitter mm-hmm. and um whoever the pitcher was Lindor was, they were asking Lindor, so do you look for the signs when you're, you know, getting ready to, you know, okay, here comes the pitch. Do you want to know what the pitch is? He goes, oh, yeah, I, I, I look at the signs so I know. He goes, for instance, like this next pitch, fastball outside. Well, actually, Pete Alonzo stepped out of the box. So let's, well, he's like, we'll do it again here. And so they get ready and he goes, yep, fastball outside. If he gets, if he, if he throws it up, he can't hit it. Like he just casually said, this is going to be a fastball outside. And if he throws it up in the zone, he can't hit it. And sure enough, like the fastball was up above the belt outside, swinging a miss, inning over. Like 
that was a glimpse into you wonder how they think. What, what kind of a guy is the, Francisco Lindor a sharp player? Exactly. It's like whoa. Yep. Whoa. How does the mind of a baseball player work? Yeah. And like that when they're dude out is there a, on the field in real time. And he is a clearly just from that little interaction, like that dude is that dude's doing calculus and some other guys are doing arithmetic yep. on the baseball field. Yep. And that's fascinating to me. And NFL has made that that league when they started doing the you know the Sam Spence music and the NFL film Super Bowl stuff back in the sixties. Yep. And they would show somebody was somebody retweeted in our I might have been uh, one of the local writers in town. I can't remember who retweeted this, but it was a video of like uh old sixties football game at Tiger Stadium in Detroit. And they're like showing you all this drama and the smoke on the sidelines and stuff and just like giving you access. Yeah. And when baseball gives you access, it's interesting, but they probably don't give you enough. If access. you if you could get an entire season of a quarterback and his teammates being mic'd up. Do you know how compelling that that could be? How what they say on the sidelines. If you could have, I would have paid money to have Thielen and Cousins in real time mic'd up as Cousins is trying to tell them what route to run oh, or they would how never to do give it. it to you in real time. No, but that's what I want. No, okay. I'm saying, and I and I would pay. I would pay dearly for. It. Although, doesn't NASCAR do that? Isn't there a they service a, you can pay yeah. for where you can tune in live? But they don't to the do it. You're, you're right. I'm I'm saying let's take it to the next thing of in real time. It's live, and I don't even need broadcasters. Then I can just watch a game and hear what's going on. If guys get mad, if they're happy, I don't really care. I well, hear yeah, NASCAR does NASCAR does something where you can like tune into a channel, and uh, yeah. you can hear the interaction between a pit crew yep. and the driver. So like when a drive, that's it's actually five. I've been at a couple races before, and you can actually wear headphones that give you access to it. And it's hilarious because drivers get mad at each other. They really, you know, they like road rage and they're they're going 200 miles an hour. (laughs) You know, there's a little southern drawl. And there's plenty of cursing going on. Yes. NASCAR, (laughs) but but that's the thing. When you're NASCAR and you you need to to gain more of an audience. The more of an audience you need to gain, the more access you'll give. There, there is no sport more accessible than NASCAR and professional bowling because they need they need How about all my the, sport then? they hockey. need all the pub they can get. How about hockey? They can use it right in the yeah. states. You know people, but I'm telling you right now, I'm willing to pay more. There's no league eventually that's going to say, "Well, you know what? We've got to protect uh, Kirk Cousins because he might yell at his receiver." But there are people about to pay. People would pay. They would make millions of dollars. If you offered a National Football League premium package on a Sunday of each team mic'd up real time. Yeah, but the, like the coaches and the yeah, teams the would just yell strategic disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I understand that, but it'd still be fun. Before we dive into whether the Wolves should have paid Tyus Jones, what did you think specifically to Rami here? Because I think I know what, what he thinks. Rob Manfred was on ESPN just oh. talking about proposed rule changes in baseball. Real and, quickly. And this, he said, quote, This dude. It's a moment. So it's, he goes, it's important sometimes to drop back 10 yards and remember we have the greatest game in the world. And he said, hut, 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 right before he did that. That, that quote, literally, Collar sent that my way via Twitter last night. It literally hurt my brain. Like, he misses on so many levels. With one quote, he misses on so many. He's using... The sport that is more popular than his sport to illustrate the fact of how good his sport is. 
Uh, I'm going to drive you crazy you quickly. Doing? Who drops back 10 yards, by the way? And that's not an expression. Have you ever heard somebody? Norv hey, guys, Turner. Guys. <laughs> Norv Turner does. Guys, let's all just drop back 10. I'm going to tell take you. A yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater on Thursday Night Football against the Cardinals a few years ago with Norv Turner's offense. Real quick. Real quick. Last night, Manfred, I heard him say, we have examined our calendar and there's not much more that we can do to make it better. Think about that. I don't want to. Ready? I need a good night's sleep after hearing Rob Manfred. Because when I get out by my pillow, after hearing about my pillow for years, I finally took the plunge, got one for myself, got one for the girlfriend, got a my pillow bed for the dog, because we're a my pillow household and we all fall asleep faster and sleep better. My pillows Patented, patented, easy for me to say, interlocking fill adjusts to fit how you sleep. You can even throw it in the washer, throw it in the dryer. My pillow also has a 60-day money-back guarantee, so if for whatever reason you don't like it, you will, but if you don't, you can get a full refund. My pillow also has a 10-year guarantee on a pillow. 10 years. What do you have to lose? And right now, you can get a two-pack of My Pillow Premiums for 69.98. That's 34.99 per pillow. That's right, only 34.99 per pillow. I know somebody who works in the premium bedding industry. Top shelf pillows go for like 100 bucks a piece. You're getting 34.99 per pillow. It's their best offer out there. It's still the best pillow out there. It's still made in Minnesota and you get two for 34.99 a piece. Great, great deal on the best pillow that you'll ever buy. I love my pillow. I know you'll love yours. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio special tab, top right corner, and enter the promo code NORTH to activate your savings. Get yourself two premium my pillows today at their best price ever or call 800-520. Check that 620 Four three nine, or go to mypillow.com and enter the promo code North. Get two premium my pillows for their lowest price ever, thirty four ninety nine a piece. Go to mypillow.com and enter the promo code North. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.